Oh yeah. Welcome everybody back to episode eight of Health Talk Radio with myself, Michael Morelli, as you know, and Paul Burgess. Paul, how are you doing today? You look spiffy in that shirt, brother. I'm good, mate. How have you been? I am I am good. You clean up nice, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. So we're talking about inflammation. Information about inflammation. That's what we're talking about today. The silent killer. I've heard that it's the silent killer. I want to, you know, I want to start this off by talking about inflammation. Like, what, what is it for the people that are listening and don't really know? Wow. Okay. So, inflammation is basically a response in the body to an immune event. So um, you can get very technical about it. And I don't think it's useful to be technical because it's not going to add any value to the, to the message. So basically when, when you body, say immune, when you say immune response, like what are you talking yes. about specifically with, with that? So any immune response. So if there's an immune response, it produces something called a cytokine, which is an inflammatory molecule. And that then will create inflammation in the cells Generally, it's for repair or for defense against something. And it's fine. In, in acute circumstances, we need it, actually. It's quite important. And, right. um, and, and it's absolutely fine. It's a natural thing, and we should have it all the time. So you get right stung time. by a bee. You get stung by a bee, right? Yeah. Immune response, that bubbling up, right? That's inflammation, technically. That's but one... That's a localized, that's a localized inflammatory response to mm-hmm. the irritant. So there's different types. There's different types of inflammation. Well, yeah, uh, it's caused for different reasons. Okay, that's definitely okay. one of the issues, right? So definitely want to the, go down that rabbit hole a little bit. For the, the, for the, the, the challenge is nowadays it's being talked about in a way that you know inflammation is really bad and you shouldn't have it, and you've got to keep your inflammation down. That is correct if it is chronic and systemic inflammation. Okay, your training in the gym and you're trying to build muscle mass even for the ladies they just want to tone up you need to build muscle fiber that is a direct result of the inflammation you cause in your training so the more inflammation you cause right the more reps and the more trauma you do to your muscle because you break it literally you break it because you're you're, you're tearing it down right Mm -hmm. that causes an inflammatory response locally in that muscle mm-hmm. and then to repair it that's what gives you the uh, adaptation so you get stronger and then you get bigger building and that's tissue how you grow muscle yep right yep. and that's absolutely fine if that's what you want to do and that's your that's your thing then there's nothing wrong with that same as if you're having a, an acute illness and your body is inflamed and it's creating a fever to kill a bug or something that's fine you need it for that right Sure, it, sure. It, it's when it is chronic. It's when it's all the time mm-hmm. and it is systemic throughout your body. That is a problem because that leads on to other things. Yeah, so is it true when people say inflammation is the number one predecessor to disease? Is that is that a fact? Uh, I'd say inflammation is uh, the outcome of a disease. It's not the predecessor. Um, 
that might be where people are getting it a bit back to front. In other words, sure. a disease, an immune response to something, the, the response of the immune system is to create inflammation to attack this thing. Mm-hmm. And that is what's called that. That's what's caused that that inflammatory response. So d- disease or some sort of immune response. So it could be that people have um, allergies. Right, and allergies will create an immune response called histamine, and histamine will. I've heard about that. Antihistamines are the, yep. the things that people give. So, and that allergy could be to anything. Right, it could be to a food. It could be to a, a horse or a dust or you know, other animals or whatever it is, it could be uh, anything that causes it. But that drives that immune response that then creates that histamine release. Mm-hmm. And histamine then causes all the itchy eyes and the, and, you know, and the tears and the runny nose and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. But there's a step further that people very rarely talk about. And that's something called mast cell activation. Say that one more time. Mast cell activation. Mast? So like mast, like you know, mast on a ship. The mast. I know. Mast. I don't know what that. Uh-uh. Okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. Spell it for me. You Brits, man. I love it that we could have fun like this. Oh my gosh! So, so spell mast, it for me and M- and everybody that's listening. M A S T mast cell activation. Um, okay. It's, right. it's basically never heard that before. Yeah, I mean, well, there you go, right? Most people haven't. And so when you don't, you know, there's this great saying that says you don't know what you don't know. And and, And you forget what you do know. But people try and, you know, solve their problems based on their past experiences, right? So if my past experience for weight loss is I have to, you know, eat 500 calories a day, that's what I'll go back and do. Mm-hmm. without any understanding as to why or anything or, or what other options are available right sure mm-hmm. when it comes to health this is the biggest problem because people will do what they've always done to solve a problem which recently has been dr google and they'll go on there or they'll go on instagram and go and find someone on instagram that's saying oh take this special aloe vera juice and it will it will change your life and i the- saw that yeah, and, I, and I bought some. Is, no, I'm just kidding. I do, but, I'm just kidding. But the truth is, I bought two have, bottles. You, you you don't have an aloe vera juice deficiency. That's not the problem, right? But people are going to look for these things, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. mast cell activation is when the 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 part of the immune system that generates histamine, like we said, um, overreacts and and becomes almost like switched on all the time, mm-hmm. and that can cause big problems because that causes chronic systemic inflammation in the cells and that then is really is more difficult to to calm down yep so to be clear there's technically two types of inflammation there's acute inflammation right and chronic inflammation acute inflammation is a bug bite a cold training those kinds of things chronic now which is what i want to talk more about because that's the harmful type of inflammation chronic inflammation on the other hand that's the one where we want to minimize it we want to avoid it and is it is it possible to avoid those things and and what should people do right well i think people have to realize that inflammation is the symptom yeah 
Yep. It's the warning sign, right? It's the warning sign. Well, no, it's the symptom to the warning sign. And I think we'll talk about the warning signs of chronic inflammation here in a minute. Uh, uh, well, here's the thing that there are stages, right? And, and like anything else, there are levels to this stuff. And sure. so a, a chronic inflammatory response that's left for a long period of time is going to come out as a disease of some kind. Could be an autoimmune disease, could be arthritis, bronchitis, psoriasis, anything with an I, ISIS at the end. Not yep. the terror people. Yeah. What but about else? What about out? What about like the more severe stuff, like the Alzheimer's and dementia? Does that start through chronic inflammation as well? Do you think that? Well, yeah. You're going to have to go back to that. Why that started? So the the inflammation long term will start bringing up more and more severe disease in the body. And mm-hmm. you're right. But, but Alzheimer's doesn't come overnight. Dementia doesn't come overnight. That's this is years and years of this stuff going on that not being dealt with and so but people will have psoriasis for years and oh i know yeah never get to the bottom of it and that's an inflammatory risk that's an inflammatory a chronic that's chronic inflammation that's chronic inflammation okay what are some other types what are some other types or or symptoms right that are technically also chronic inflammation like so psoriasis is one that i know i've heard that before what else Anything with an ISIS at the end, bronchitis, arthritis, you know, like we said, psoriasis, any of those sort of things, autoimmune disease. Hep- hepatitis? No, just, well, just... <laughs> but, but, but hepatitis is, a, is an infection of the liver that causes infl- inflammation of the liver. Okay. Right? Okay. All right. So there you go. Okay. See? Right? Yeah. I was laughing. So you should have yeah. been like, Michael, stop the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know what you don't know, right? And so- That's right. That's it. Yeah. But-, but what what needs to be looked at is is not the inflammation and the disease it causes because that is the symptom so same with a lot of autoimmune disease stems from an inflammatory response that's out of control mm-hmm. and to bring that back under control you don't want to look at it from okay tell me a sample a supplement i can take that's going to bring down my inflammation because you're treating the symptom again now, uh-huh. the, the supplementation that you would use to bring down inflammation, <clears throat> excuse me, is, um, is useful as a intervention while you're dealing with the underlying cause. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're, you're bringing it down artificially while you're dealing with what's going on underneath. Mm-hmm. But this is something else that people don't realize. A lot of inflammation is driven by proteins. And so some of the most effective anti-inflammatories are enzymes that break down those particular types of proteins. Mm. So, so instead of taking things like turmeric and resveratrol and you know glutathione and um, green tea extract and all that kind of stuff, instead of only taking those, actually using some specific types of, they're called proteolytic enzymes, they will really help break down the, um, the proteins that produce inflammation at the cytokine level where it is at that that space Mm -hmm. other thing is people have to realize basically everything in your body is being driven by enzyme function and proteins but when we talk about protein we think steak eggs beef yeah that's sure that's what that's what comes to my mind every time you mention it proteins in the body are, are what does everything and so when you're getting a signal from your dna it's to 
build a particular type of protein mm-hmm. to do a particular type of job. And mm-hmm. so if you have an enzyme that breaks down that specific type of protein, it, it helps to modulate its activity. And it's really important that people understand that because we're talking about what's the root cause of this stuff, right? right. And how do we get to that root cause rather than treat the symptom? So what is enzyme, the, you know, when you're, when, when you're talking about the causes though, Paul, what are people doing day in and day out that is over time creating chronic inflammation in their bodies? Like what, well, what are the things that people are doing? So I want to go back and just clarify using enzymes to break down proteins is treating the symptom of inflammation whilst you look at what the cause is and treat that right and so what are the causes you said well name name anything and it's probably going to be causing a problem this processed and refined refined carbs and sugar anything that irritates your gut okay anything so but but what about what about people who are eating healthy foods that potentially don't work with their microbiome or their gut and cause problems. So technically healthy foods can also cause chronic inflammation. It's not the food that's causing the problem, right? It's something else that's causing the gut to be compromised. So what causes poor digestion? So first part of digestion, well, if you don't talk about your, your mouth and the, and, and the amylase in your saliva that breaks down carbohydrate while you're chewing and stuff. If we go to the main part is your stomach, mm-hmm. which is the first entry of digestion, the first thing you've got to make sure is that your stomach acid is optimal. Mm. Because stomach acid is highly acidic. You know, when you if you ever get reflux, it burns like hell, right? So I don't because I take detox organics, the daily yeah. superfoods. <laughs> subtle, subtle plug there, real quick, guys. But well, I want to talk about that in a minute, actually, and, and, and talk about something else. But the but the fact is, just in digestion alone, right? Um, stomach acid has to be optimal. What are th- the stomach acid is there to break down the protein you eat, right? The animal protein, the, the vegetable proteins that you eat, it breaks it down into amino acids so that further down you can digest that protein better because it's now broken into its constituent parts stomach acid in the stomach you don't really do anything with um, carbohydrate or fats per se that's all done further down but what it also does is it kills germs and bacteria and viruses and things that get swallowed or taken in orally and we you know every time you breathe you're breathing in something in the air molds and all the rest of it and that will go into a highly acidic place and it will kill them now if you're stomach acid is low then that's going to be compromised you're going to get worse wow. breakdown of proteins you're going to get less protection against bacteria and germs and things like that and so that's the start of it right it gets in gets into your digestion it starts messing around with your gut microbiome or the gut lining or the mucosal lining that's in there and you get this bloating and inflammation and that you can be eating a healthy diet but if some of your other habits are causing low stomach acid Things like poor sleep, stress, maybe alcohol, you know, all, all, all the things that we know causes that, you know, just working too hard, all the things that the modern day does for us, that pushes down yeah. our stomach acid. Yep. That's the beginning of some problems, right? So then in a compromised gut, you're going to eat good food, but it can still irritate it. Okay, so, so, so but, but I got a question here. It's really, really important, right? So you're talking about, compromised gut stomach acid not being on point you're eating healthy foods they still cause inflammation chronic inflammation which is problematic now 
what I need to know here is what about the person who has an unhealthy diet? Right. So we're talking about we're talking about someone who has chronic inflammation, who is eating healthy because of the gut microbiome, the acidic, like all the things you just mentioned. Is it possible to not suffer from chronic inflammation while eating a heavily processed diet? Okay, so I want to go back to this inverted commas healthy diet. Right. Someone that follows a healthy diet. You see where I'm going with this, right? Because because yeah, it's like but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll cover it, but I want to I want to cap it off because it's important people realize somebody okay. that follows a healthy diet has less chance of having inflammation, right? Because okay. they're doing a better job. Let's just however, get that out of the way. Yeah. However, you can eat a, a healthy diet but have a poor lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can be. Uh, like we said, uh-huh. late nights, this is good. This is good. Stress, yep. <clears throat> lots yep. of coffee, whatever. Yeah, things that cause other issues, and the right. diet it just doesn't cut it, right? You and right. like you say, you know, you need these the, the complete picture for your body to be healthy. And we haven't even touched on some of the other things that cause inflammation, which we'll come to. But so let's take the healthy person, the healthy food person. Mm-hmm. and then compare them to a standard American diet person, the standard American diet of pizza and processed foods and sugar and cola and stuff is going to have far more reasons to produce more inflammation because the, the food is it's not food. I want to get this clear to people. Mm-hmm. Processed food and and the things you buy in these very colorful packets and everything else that's not food as our body recognizes it sure it is it is a material that you that you put in your mouth and that your body somehow makes the best of ah but it's not real food right Right. it's just some made up stuff and i like the word material because it's about as far away from food as you can get. When if I say that to you, a cheese it. So so a cheese it is not. It's not made with real cheese. A cheese it. I don't even know what that <laughs> is. Oh, you don't have that there. <laughs> it's this. It's this cracker. This square cracker that once you start eating them, you end up eating the whole box. Yeah. They say it's made with real cheese. It's been real dusted cheese. with real cheese at the end. <laughs> yeah. so that I can say that. It's a- <laughs> If, if, if you want real cheese, eat real cheese. I haven't got a problem with that. Right? But the fact is, the, the, we know the processed stuff is, yeah. is it just Pringles, fruity pebbles. So if it's not, but look, if it's not proper food and, and it's processed, then that is 100% going to cause some sort of reaction in the body that is not positive. And talk about immune, right? Your, your body's going to see those things come in and go, what is this stuff? How do I process it? And is this going to be detrimental to me? Now, if you do happen to have a compromised gut, which is quite often for a lot of people, because there's so many things that can cause that, then particles of material or food are going to get into your bloodstream before they're digested properly. So a much higher molecular weight, right? Because you've got gaps in the, in the lining, uh-huh. Or, or, or in the mucosal lining, not in the gut lining. If your gut so lining really that, leaks, yeah, yeah, yeah. If so it that's really interesting. Leaks, you'd be dead, right? But yeah. you're going to get higher molecular weight proteins in the blood before they're broken down, and the body will see that as an infection or a foreign invader or something, and will go and attack it. Right now, 
that will then end up being the the disease symptom whether it's like arthritis whether it's you know severe bloating so from so your body's response to that yeah is what's going to create tight joints right sore joints yeah. those Brain those fog, kinds of yeah. fatigue you know um irritation can't sleep different you know, neurotransmitter problems there could be anything like there's so many things that can come out of that arthritis psoriasis like you know your skin is one of your biggest detoxification organs like you know, per per square centimeter it's the biggest you've got it's the biggest thing that covers us and what you eat if it has to be detoxed or if anything has to be detoxed it will eventually come out of your skin which is why you see people with things like athlete's foot or acne or well acne is slightly different but it's still a bacterial infection that localized but but things like um like we said psoriasis when you see um people with their hair falling out and uh, you know all sorts of things will come through your skin it's often the case if you really want to try it go and have an absolute food and alcohol bender on a saturday night and a see bender how, yeah like go yeah yeah go and just, just go crazy go yeah. on it right just do whatever and do everything we tell you not to do on this podcast go <laughs> in right and when um and, and see how you look Wednesday mornings. Because you'll get up and go, oh, what's, what's, that, what's that there? I don't normally get those. And why does that happen? Oh, I look grey. And, and that's because that stuff's coming out of your skin. And and your body's trying to get rid of this stuff. But, well, is that so, – so let's talk about, you know, you know people in your family. At least I've got people in my family, right? They're smokers and they're drinkers and their skin. I mean, they just – they age much, much, much faster. Yeah. Right. Is that that's, also, that's, I mean, is that also what's going on here? Yeah. That's just chronic inflammation against the, the toxins that are coming in. But that happens as well with other things, right? If you've got mold, chemical toxicity, environmental toxicities, um, infections, viruses, bacterial problems, you know, there's so many things that will cause an immune response in your body. And that then will lead to the inflammation. And if that is not, if that thing is not dealt with, like, for example, smoking or alcohol or whatever it is. Nothing wrong with alcohol, right? You can have, you know, moderate amount and, and it'd be fine for you. But if you're overdoing it and that's leading to poor judgment in other areas like poor food judgment, watching too much TV, not sleeping, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, then that's where the problems occur. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and okay. when you've had a drink or two, you it's a lot more difficult to make a a good decision about the next 17 drinks you've got lined up right sure. if you if sure. you start yep. off with 19 drinks and you go i'm not having any it's not difficult to say no right very true yeah so when we're talking about inflammation <clears throat> you know and we're talking about diet specifically here over the last you know five or so minutes you mentioned that there are lifestyle choices lifestyle causes uh that also cause inflammation in the body what are some of those lifestyles or lifestyle choices outside of diet that you are referring to so like you said smoking drinking mm -hmm. any drug use is going to cause that um yeah uh, poor sleep um, what about water what lack what about lack of hydration dehydration um but but dehydration is going to cause inflammation for sure um What's interesting is when you get inflamed, you hold a lot of water. Mm. Well, the, the, the inflammation makes you hold water. 
And actually drinking more water, the girls. drinking yep. more water will actually flush that out. Because oh. because when you're so holding wait, let's, it, let's, we'll hold, everybody that's listening right now, the girls that are listening right now are like, what? So well, if, if your body's inflamed, you're likely holding water. Fact? 100%. You're holding water, yeah. 100%. So as a woman, right, who's always bloated, always bloated after everything she eats, would you say that her body's inflamed? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're always bloated after every meal, then yep. there's definitely a gut issue going on that you need to address. And, mm -hmm. and that's causing that inflammatory response. It's very compromised. You know, where it is in the digestion, who knows, because it's very complex. So we'd have to have a look at that properly on an individual basis. But if you mm -hmm. eat and then you are bloated after every meal, there is definitely a gut issue of some description, mm -hmm. which will cause inflammation. And so you will mm -hmm. end up having this, you know, wobbly tummy, if you like, or this bloating around your tummy that never seems to go away. It gets worse when you're having your period, all that kind of stuff. And then, so that's a warning sign. That's a warning sign, right? Well, I mean, if you're bloated all the you time, it's a warning sign that your body... Yeah, but I mean, if you are bloated all the time, that is a warning sign that your body is saying that you're that, that it's inflamed. Yes. Yeah, you shouldn't be bloated all the time. And, and the different types of bloat, you know, some bloating is so painful and your body's so distended, you know, it's, just, it's the usual, I look six months pregnant. And then you go, okay, that's something that needs to be looked at internally, which is obviously the kind of stuff that I do. But the, um, the, the water that you hold is the stuff that you lose when you diet. So when someone goes on a diet, they tend to eat good food, right? For a short period of time, right? They go, all right, I'm just going to eat whole foods. I'm going to be fine. I want to cut out wheat, dairy, gluten, legumes, and grains. And I'm just going to eat, you know, protein and good veg and good fats and all is going to be great. And then they follow that and this weight drops off them, you know, like 10 pounds in the first week. And they go, blimey, how's that happen? And what yep. you've done is you've removed the, the main irritants to your system, wheat, gluten, dairy, legumes and grains right they're the things that cause your gut to be irritated they're the main suspect mm -hmm. after that it's eggs and nightshades so okay. white potatoes chili peppers aubergine or eggplant you call it um a few other a few other things right what about, so, what about what about yeah go ahead go ahead that was gonna be funny it's not a time for funny it's not a time for funny i was just gonna be funny i was just gonna but, you know but, but, but you the know. thing is you, you you irritate your gut and therefore it gets inflamed and you hold water. And once you take those foods out and you just eat a good basic, you know, protein and veg kind of approach, there's no longer the irritant coming in. You know, you're not eating the bread or the dairy or whatever it is. And therefore, the, the, the body gets a chance to reduce the inflammation because it's not being irritated all the time. Mm -hmm. And over time, it may fix itself, but it will likely need some in intervention. It needs some help with it. But as the inflammation comes down, all that water weight drops off. Mm. And so, so you get okay. this so, quick weight loss, right? You know, because you're, and you think, oh, I feel great. And then you have a pizza as a, I think you said it, I can't remember what you called it, a reward meal or some. A reward meal. Yeah. 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 And then, but, uh, and you have this pizza and then you just bloat completely again. Go, oh, I knew it. I knew right. pizza bloats me. Right. Right. So how, how, significant 
is this really like is this something that people should really pay attention pay, 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 pay attention to and does age how does age factor into chronic inflammation right like the older we get is it safe to say as we age we become more inflamed or is that not any correlation we can make again you have to think about the root causes of inflammation if you try and treat the inflammation itself then you're treating the symptom so always think about what are the root causes okay what are the things that could be causing me to be inflamed viral infection bacterial infection mold toxins environmental and chemical toxicity right. poor water that you're drinking you know bad diet said, lack of sleep yeah all the usual suspects right yeah and then and then obviously if you've got um trauma of any kind in the body like you've broken something that's going to cause inflammation but that's going to be this localized acute stuff right so on the chronic side so let me really about, quickly before we before we move on are we not worried about the acute stuff is the acute stuff just like my body's having a reaction to deal with this do we really need to pay attention to the acute inflammation no, no because it's 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 transient it comes in does its job and goes got it so but the, the chronic inflammation is, is but yeah. Mike, the problem is it should be transient it should come in do its job and go right but if the right. system if the system is already chronically inflamed and then you have an accident of some kind it's not going anywhere it's just going to be inflamed even more and if we if we take an extreme example right look at somebody who's 500 pounds in weight uh -huh. right so firstly you've got people who are 500 pounds and yet nutrient deficient right, I mean, right. How, how, how are you even doing that right because how are you getting that much weight on you and not having enough nutrients to to satisfy your body it's crazy right yeah yeah so but but that lots fat, of soda the fat that the body is storing is is just causing inflammation constantly because it does when you're so fat so so obesity overweight absolutely that in is itself that in causes in inflammation in the body is going to cause inflammation interesting right? okay okay so, so the more so is it so can i say this really quickly the more weight you have on your body the more inflamed your body will become is that a fact? It, it, very potentially, it's going to be um, mm -hmm. worsened by high amounts of adipose tissue. So let me ask you this. Let, let, let me just let me just. I, I want to get to, I want to get clear on this. You have someone that is same person. Ideal body weight is one hundred and sixty pounds. All right, same person. Yep. They both have poor lifestyles. One is three hundred pounds. One is two hundred pounds. Same person, right? Just hypothetically, yep. Yep. go on a journey yep. here with me. Is the person who's 300 pounds more inflamed than the person that's 200 pounds? Quite possibly. Okay. Because they're, they're holding so much more weight and that mm -hmm. weight in and of itself is going to produce things like estrogen, right? More hormones, especially in a man. So that's going to cause inflammatory responses. They're going to get bloated and puffy and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh -huh. And so, but, but the, um, uh, you, you asked a question earlier and I didn't answer it properly and now I can't remember what the question was. Um, Are we talking about uh, the different types of inflammation? Are we talking about the correlation between age and inflammation? Yeah, maybe? aging, aging, sorry. Right, so so here's the thing, right? When you are two years old, how much um, toxicity, a mold, and, uh, and 
disease and germs and um, bacteria and viruses and how much of that stuff have you accumulated by two years old? Right? Yeah, potentially right. very it's, little. It's, right? For sure, for sure. How, having said that, we 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 could do a whole another show about how what the mother has is passed on to the baby, but we won't do that now. So let's Oof, just say, yeah, you, we got to say, let's, a, let's save that one. We don't have time for that rabbit hole. So you started on a clean sheet and by two years old, you haven't really accumulated very much. By 62 years old, yep. you would have accumulated an awful lot of all of those things, right? Mold, chemical yeah, toxicity, yeah, yeah, environmental but, toxicity, hang on, mm -hmm. and poor sleep for many, many years and maybe poor food for many years and all sorts of other things. So as you get older, all of these things that cause inflammation are building up more and more and more and more so yes as you get older you are going to be more inflamed unless you have addressed those things at some point yep and then created a lifestyle that keeps it to the minimum yeah so the example you used was two and 62 yeah that is a very what about 25 and 45 what about 25 and 55 Right, like, does a twenty-year-old need to be as concerned about yeah we're inflammation seeing, in his body plenty, as a forty-five? Well, yeah. we're seeing plenty of twenty, twenty-five, thirty-year-olds now presenting like someone who's fifty, sixty years old. You know, what? What have you done? How have you got? Honestly, I, I've, if I showed you some bloods that I looked at this week, I'm looking at this is a thirty-four-year-old man. I'm like, how have you done so much damage in thirty-four years? I don't get it. I don't understand how your cholesterol can be so high, how your blood glucose can be so dysregulated when you're not a type one diabetic, how you've got such inflammatory markers off the chart. I don't understand how you've done this. And obviously knowing a history, <coughs> excuse me, knowing his history and, you know, talking to him about his lifestyle and stuff, it gives us a good idea as to what's going on. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it can be like, well, hang on a minute. If you've got Lyme disease, for example, that's been there for five years, then that can 100% cause these problems. So whatever age you're at <clears throat> is not relevant. The relevancy is the health of that individual and the history that's brought them to that point. So, but by all means, yeah, you, you're right. But let's say you take somebody who's really fit and well and has been looking after himself all his life. He could be 55, 65 years old and still have very low inflammation. Got it. He can have, he can have mm -hmm. a, a coronary artery score, like a calcium score of, of zero, because there's nothing in there that's been deposited and, and, and he's good to go. So it's very much individual. Genetics plays a part. How does genetics play a part in, in, in the, with this specifically? Well, so, for example, let's talk about <clears throat> my, my father who's, who's, who's overweight. Yeah. Um, right? Like, how does like obesity, in my opinion, now I could be wrong, right? But obesity, in my opinion, is not has nothing to do with genetics, unless you're going to tell me I'm differently. Saying, here. I'm, 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 I'm talking about inflammation, not not. But um, but obesity, obesity causes obesity causes inflammation. Yeah, but there's, or there's more inflammation. That, there's, there's there's many other things that cause inflammation. All right, so I'm looking obesity. at this. I'm, I'm looking at this wrong because I'm yeah, thinking and, like obesity doesn't run. I don't have. I'm not obese. Yeah. Right. It's that is no, that is lifestyle. That, that's his choice, his lifestyle, his education, his understanding. And then, well, you know, if he overeats or drinks too much alcohol, whatever it is, then there's a reason he does that. He's doing it because it gives him some sort of um, benefit, even if it's a short-term one. So it could be comfort, 
it could be it could be that he you know some people are so unhappy in life that they use food actually not as a comfort but as self-harm because they know they shouldn't be eating it. So, so, so let me rephrase that's so a whole rephrase, different different aspect. Yeah. Let me rephrase the question. So b- based on our conversation, we have determined that chronic inflammation is as a result of poor lifestyle choices that continue to build up over time, continue to build up over time, right? Until they create some warning sign. Not just that. It's also things like viral infection, bacterial infection, mold, toxicities, chemical and environmental toxicities. There's lots of things in the outside world that will come into our body and it's all, it's all outside world. It's all lifestyle and outside outside world. So you threw me for the loop when you started saying inflammation, chronic inflammation can be genetic. How, how well, is that? Well, how does that? Well, what what you'll find is some genotypes have a bigger response to inflammation, so they get more inflamed because they are just genetically predisposed to be more inflamed, and Got so it. it's more important Got for it. them to Mm -hmm. be careful about what they do right it's the same as some people me for example i've got the genes that say i respond really badly to sugar and i've got more susceptibility to diabetes and um, more susceptibility to alzheimer's but those things are inflammatory responses to my choices and so if i really work on being conscientious about trying to make myself as you know, not inflamed as possible and and mm-hmm. not eat lots of sugar and not be up all night watching Netflix and not doing things that I shouldn't be doing and focus more on doing the right things, then I will be playing into the advantages that my genes have rather than switching on the bad ones and causing the problems. Yes, yes. All right, so I want to talk about or move it, move the conversation into how to avoid it and or how to fix it. So we've done a really good job of covering what it is, the different types, the causes, the warning signs, right? So I think people have a really good understanding of what it is, where it comes from. Now, right, what can people do? So they're listening to this, whether they're bloated or they're getting poor sleep, or they recognize now as a result of this podcast that their body's inflamed, they want to get on the fast fast track to health, they want to make changes, how do they fix it? What's the what's a way in an easy, you know, sort of three-step process that people can do in order to bring down chronic inflammation and start feeling better? It's difficult because it has you need to know what the cause is. Right? Don't start treating the inflammation, treat the cause of that inflammation, which could be any of the things that we've mentioned time and time again on this podcast, right? And so you have to f- figure out what that is. And often it's not just one thing, it's a combination of things. But generally, it's never just one thing. It's always three or four things in combination that have caused them. But I think it's, yeah, I think it's safe to say this, though. And I, and I think that this is kind of at the heart of, of everything that, that we do. It's like, if you have inflammation, right, and your doctor is telling you, just take some turmeric, right? Just take a bunch of turmeric, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that, that, is that really going to help somebody if they're not changing some of these other lifestyle things that we talked no. about? No, it's not no. going to do anything. It's going to make the supplement. Yeah, you, you 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 need to deal with the underlying cause, because even if it reduces some aspect of that inflammatory response, as soon as you stop taking it, it will come back. But it's like it's the same as a statin. Statins will reduce your your cholesterol whilst you take them, and as soon as you stop taking them, 
it will come back because you did not change the thing that was causing the high cholesterol in the first place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money in drugs that do not cure disease. Right. right. And a statin is one of them. If you're taking a statin, you have to take it for life. Okay. That's another unless rabbit hole we fix, can go down. Unless you fix right. the stuff causing it. Right? right. So back to my question. So I'm, I'm following you, right? There's different causes of inflammation. Let's make some assumptions to help some people, some of the listeners, right? So eating a relatively the easiest, yeah. most common thing that's going to cause inflammation in your system is your gut health. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because there are okay. so many things. That's that what I'm looking be, for. There are so yep. many things that can go wrong. Mm-hmm depending on lifestyle and all the rest of it and the food, that getting that fixed is the, the first thing. So if all right, you so let's, got, let's, let, let's focus there. What should people do sh- considering or taking into consideration gut health and what you just said? What is a, a, a few steps or a few things that somebody can do that's listening, that's listening in right now? What can they do with regards to their gut health? How do they yeah. improve it? So mm-hmm. you have to understand how the gut works. This is very top line, right? Yep. So top line is, is good. I want to. This, this is definitely yep. not complicated. So you have to understand. We spoke about it. Stomach acid. Mm-hmm. Then small intestine, and that small intestine is going to have a microbiome. It's going to have digestive enzymes. It's going to have probiotics, and in that small intestine, there is a lining to it, mm-hmm. which needs mm-hmm. to be made healthy, and above it. There is a spongy mucosal lining with these villi that will stick up to where food is absorbed. Mm-hmm. And if any or all or some of those elements are compromised, you will have gut issues. So, and, and we haven't even got into things like gallbladder, liver, bile acid production, fat absorption, all that kind of stuff, you know, motility of your stool. How quickly it goes through you? Does it get? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you suffering constipation? That kind of thing. So initially, you want to make sure um, stomach acid is good, a gut environment, so your um, probiotics, your digestive enzymes, your uh, gut lining, and your mucosal lining are all as they should be. That'd be your first place. And to do that, it, there's a lot of things you can do, and there's a lot of processes. But I'm going to just say to everybody now: find somebody who knows how to do it properly and how to monitor it and pay them money to help fix you because you do not know what you don't know. And there's stuff there that needs to be done properly. Okay. And it's worth the investment because it's the most important thing to you. And so that will, will get you back on track from a gut perspective, but at the same time, look at some of the things that are going to irritate your gut regardless Poor food choices. Yep. Mm-hmm. Too much coffee, too much alcohol, poor sleep, stress, right? Because mm-hmm, these things will mm-hmm. bring down your stomach acid. So mm-hmm. I'm interested. So, so t- really quickly, because there's a lot of drinkers in this world. I think, er, er, as far as I know, like I don't know anybody that doesn't drink at this point. Maybe one person, my dad and, he, and you, you know, even me, but I'll have, you know, I'll have a glass of wine, I'll have a couple of drinks once every couple of weeks, max. Are we talking about this person? 
Okay, we so so when you're talking about alcohol specifically, first and foremost, why did you just say alcohol? What does that do to the gut and to the acidity in the body, and and why is that important? D- does alcohol burn on the way down? Patron. <laughs> the, <laughs> the first so, the first thing I thought of is my tw- I was 21. And I was doing shots at Hennessy with Latrell Sprewell at the bar in Milwaukee, and it burned. Every damn shot burned. So, yeah, thank you for bringing back that memory. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, but So if things are, are um, burning, then they're causing some sort of low-grade inflammation, or there's some sort of low-grade uh, response. And if you're doing it regularly, a lot of it, then you're going to, over time, it's going to become problematic. But if you're having a couple of drinks a week or, you know, Every, every few days or the weekend you just have a glass of wine that's absolutely fine there's there's a lot of good research saying a small glass of red wine every day helps with longevity in people oh my yeah. gosh did you just give everybody the, the permission well, to drink every hang on, day hang on. if you if you're gonna <laughs> don't drink, do that if yeah, you're gonna I drink hear, a very it. small glass yeah. of red wine uh-huh. every day yeah. then that's fine yeah. the problem jesus is, did it the problem is oh. control right the problem yeah. is yes. you have one yes. and you go, well, I'll just have another one because yeah. what about the quality? Work. So while we're on wine, while we're on wine, what about the quality of the wine, right? Organic, right? So, you know, bring the sulfites down, bring the sugar down. There's some, Absolutely, you know, there's dry yeah. farms wine. There's yeah. some different yeah. wine companies, right? Is it important to choose high quality wine? Yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? Why, okay. would you? why would you choose anything that is cheap and nasty? True story. All right. So a little bit of wine. We're not talking about a little bit of wine. We're not talking yeah. about a cocktail here and there. We're talking about somebody who drinks more than that. And what is that alcohol doing to their gut and the acidity in their body? And, and why is that one of the things that you just mentioned? Well, because listen, if you know anybody that drinks heavily or drinks you know, regularly, really regularly, well, so will, what is that? What is that though? What is regular? Is that daily? Day. Is that every day? Every day. Right? Okay. And, and this, this is yeah. not unusual for people to go home after work. I, a, I know. Have a few beers or people. half bottle of yeah. wine or whatever it is, right? Yeah. You will find that quite a high percentage of them will have acid reflux in their stomach. They'll, they'll be taking some kind of antacid. So acid reflux is very often a sign of low stomach acid not high stomach mm-hmm. acid. Got and it. here's the here's the bad thing. You've got low stomach acid. So you've got all the problems that that causes, right? You've got more germs coming in. You've got less um, barriers to pathogens coming in and causing problems. You can't break down your protein properly. You can't digest your food properly, all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. And it's already low. Alcohol will cause that, along with the fact that you're not sleeping and you're stressed and everything else. Because... People who aren't stressed tend not to drink that much alcohol. Alcohol is a okay. much of a coping mes- mechanism for a stressful life, but it's just my normal life. I'm always stressed. Or I just need a drink at the end of the day to wind down. If you need a drink to wind down, it means you're so wound up with stress that there's a problem. Okay. Yeah. So that then the alcohol causes causes lower stomach acid. You get this um reflux you then take your antacid or better still you go to the doctor and he gives you a meprazole which is a one pill a day and you can drink and eat anything you like you'll never have reflux again but what that does is it pushes it down even further so now you've got very little stomach acid being produced 
And then you wonder why you every time you eat protein, you go like, oh, I can't always bloats me that. Every time I, you know what, I think I'm gonna go vegan. Because that every time I eat protein, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> but, but but you do. It's I'm because just yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can't digest the food that you used to be able to digest, no problem, because you got no stomach acid. Uh-huh. And then that's what I'm on thinking. People are not people are not making this type of correlation. They're just and, not. and that's going to lead on to tons of information and problems and whatnot, right? So there's millions of things. But get your gut fix right first, really important. Yep. And then so should everybody should everybody irritated. based on the lifestyle that we know the majority of people live, should everybody be taking an enzyme? Should everybody be taking a probiotic? Should everybody be taking detox organics, daily superfoods, subtle plug? What yeah. what what should people be taking? Okay. Right? Because there's everybody's like, yeah, here's a probiotic. Here's a this. Here's a that right here. Right? Everybody, all these supplement companies are shoving everything down our throats. And we don't know, like, we can't see the forest through the trees. So what should we be taking? If we're talking about improving gut health, microbiome, and all the stuff that you just said, we know how to fix it through our lifestyle, right? We talk yeah. about that on that podcast. That should be obvious by, by now. But the one thing that's not obvious is what should I be taking now? I want to make this very clear to the listeners. Taking and not doing is not going to help you. If you are not going to make the lifestyle choices and decisions that you need to make, right? Do not take supplements because you are wasting your money. Is that a fact? Well, let's talk about that. And and I think we should do a much bigger deep dive into it at some point. But I had a a question this week. You know, we say send questions in, we'll we'll answer them. One of the questions I had this week, was from a, a guy called Brandon who asked about multivitamins or mm-hmm. multivitamins that you'd draw right? And um, yeah, what do you what do you say? What do you say? What do you what did you just say? Multivitamins, multivitamins, multivitamins. And here in America, we call them. Here in America, we call them vitamins. Yes, I know. <laughs> Which is actually more accurate. I love you. It's actually vitamin. Yeah. Vitamin is is the is the word, and actually, it's more. You're, you're, you're Where do you get the vitamin? Where do you get the vitamins? Vitamin. Where do you get the vitamins. the I in there? Vitamins. vitamins. Where do you get the yeah. oh vitamins? Okay, vitamins. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But then again, we vitamins, say semi. We say semi-final. You say semi-final, right? Yes. So yes. So central. Yeah. Anyway, so so I asked about a multivitamin, and I gave him a couple of recommendations. Um, one particular one that I really like is by a company called Source of Life, and it's called Gold Liquid. And I mean, it's a liquid, right? And so you absorb it quite easily. And it has unbelievable amounts of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, prebiotics, antioxidants, um, phyto All in one. Like, it's mm-hmm. insane. Actually, I don't know how they get it in it. And yeah, because you, you know, I'm always really, I'm always really a skeptic of the all-in-one, this you is know, a like this everything. Is, this, this is, so, but, but here's the thing, right? Firstly, uh-huh. this is this is the real deal. And secondly, you take one capful a day, or even one capful every other day is fine, right? All right. I got to get some um, of this. And I also think detox organics, anything that has a organic combination of fruits and vegetables, and you can get it all in in a in an absorbable form, I think is really important on a daily basis. But let me explain why. Mm-hmm. If you live in Switzerland, in a clean mountain, and you eat organic, and you're waking up when the sun rises and sleeping when it sets, and you're, you know, organic from head that to toe. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. You probably don't need any supplementation, right? Right. As long as you're eating well. 
Right. Everyone else that lives in the yep. modern world with stress and pollution and toxicity and mold and poor diet and poor and water, radiation and, and sugar radiation and, and holy everything, shit. Right. Yeah. Makes you want to go go all, to Switzerland. <laughs> all, yeah. Right. All of that is going to compromise your digestion. And when you get a compromised digestion, the biggest problem is you can eat the best diet in the world, as we said at the beginning, but you don't absorb the nutrients because you're compromised. So you just have trouble absorbing the foods properly. You know, if you've got low stomach acid, we said, you're not going to absorb proteins properly, all this kind of jazz. And then by taking something that's effective and can be absorbed, you are just making sure that you're getting what you need whilst you do the work to get your gut in the right place. And even when you've got a healthy gut, I still think just for housekeeping and like almost an insurance policy, it's good to take very good quality products that we know you're going to absorb that, that have everything in them. Mm-hmm. And so and that way you're not going to miss out on anything. Even if you become compromised again, because you pick up something that messes about with your gut or, you know, something goes wrong, you're still able to give yourself enough vitamins, vitamins and minerals that mm-hmm. you need along with everything else. So, That's why I would say it's a good insurance policy to take good ones. Now, let me just say something about absorption of supplements. Yes. If you have have compromised gut, no point taking supplements because you're not going to break them down and absorb them either. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So the hierarchy of absorbable supplementation or any kind of medication, firstly liposomal or liposomal mm-hmm. is the is the best way to absorb anything it gets it gets absorbed in your mouth through your gums through your tongue really quickly doesn't even need to get into the um digestion okay mm-hmm. failing that the next thing is liquid so a liquid is going to be absorbed at a higher percentage than a tablet for example right mm-hmm. so you go Liposomal, then liquid. The one I suggest is liquid, that source of life liquid gold, gold liquid, sorry. Um, I should have an affiliate code for that because people will buy it. I would have made money off it, never mind. And then, um, and then the next one would be like a gel cap. Mm-hmm. Right? And then after that, you're looking at a capsule. And then the very worst one is a tablet. Okay. Right? So those things aren't going to get broken down as easily and absorbed as a liquid, for example, or liposomal. Now, when we, look at detox, when we look at detox organics, for example, that's a liquid. Once it's mixed and you drink it, it's, it's liquid, right? And it gets absorbed really, really easily, even if you don't have the, the gut as optimal as it should be. Right. So we're awesome. taking. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, this was probably my favorite episode so far. I don't know why it was just a really good flow. I think we really nailed it. You know, I got questions from my mother and people in the discord and inside the community. Everybody wanted to know about inflammation because right. They hear the horror stories about it. And so I think we broke it down. I hope that the listeners who are listening to this have a good understanding of the different kinds Right, how it's correlated by age, lifestyle factors, diet, gut. I mean, we we covered some ground here. Is there anything else 
that we want to leave people with as we're finishing off this episode with regards to inflammation and setting them on the path to success? Yes. Do not fall for the magic potion that's going to reduce your inflammation. Investigate the root cause. Then when you know what that is, in the process of fixing yourself, you can take things that bring down inflammation. Like I said, the fragility enzymes, specific ones, don't just take any. So specific enzymes that can break down certain proteins that can cause cytokine reaction, specific anti-inflammatories in the short term. But that's where, you know, that's where I specialize, right? It's like, you don't know what you don't know. Trust me, don't try and do it yourself. We'll, we'll look at what the real problems are and they're going to be multiple. It's not going to be just one. And then we'll get those fixed and th- at the same time, bring down the information while we deal with the root cause. So don't go online and go, oh, that says, you know, this turmeric is the strongest turmeric ever and it's going to, it's going to solve all my problems. Always think, okay, let's say that makes me feel better this week. If I stop taking it, am I still going to have the same problem again? And the answer is yes. Because you haven't changed mm. anything else. Right, right. Awesome. That's what I, that's if you had a mic, I'd tell you to drop it, Paul. This was a fantastic episode for all the people that are listening in. Wherever you're listening, please leave us a review. Leave us a message. Hit the thumbs up if you're on YouTube. Share it. And if you're on YouTube right now, you're going to see Paul is dialed up right now. You're a handsome <laughs> You're you're a handsome Brit. <laughs> and leave uh, questions. Give us some questions because answering yeah. your questions specifically is important to us. Yep. Because I can yep. talk about lots of stuff, right? And that's all yeah, lovely. You can. But if you're not interested because it's not relating specifically to you, then it's pointless. Yep. So tell us what is specific to you and let's have a let's answer some questions. Yeah, I love it. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for so much for being a part of Health Talk Radio. We'll see you next week. Stay tuned. <laughs>